Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is uh, our 16th uh, session for our As One uh, Roundtable. Um, we're studying principles of King Solomon and how to apply them in our business endeavors in order to have better results. Um, this week, if you, is this your first time joining the call? Um, all of these documents that we go through are on a website called lared.org. That's L-A-R-E-D, like the color red, dot O-R-G. We click on the principles page and then um, scroll down and there's things like 40 total lessons. Uh, we're on the sixth one down for the second category. Um, so yeah, we're covering common sense today. And just click on the two-page PDF. That would be the third document over on the far right. Um, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, the verse for this week is uh, Proverbs 24.3, and the verse states, Any enterprise becomes strong through common sense. Um, before we, uh, before we uh, start going into the PDF, uh, let's go ahead and open up in a, a quick prayer. Father, um, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for loving us enough to give us uh, guidance on how to live and for sending your prophets and for sending your son and all the people you sent um, to show us your power and, and demonstrate your, uh, your love for us. We ask you to give us great insight in this study. Uh, give us, uh, we ask you to bind any spirit of confusion or, um, of, uh, or incorrect understanding that we would really sharpen each other's and uh, grow in wisdom and knowledge as we study how to apply your word in our endeavors. Uh, we ask you, Father, for supernatural wisdom and supernatural uh, insight and witty inventions. And um, we just thank you for this time and praise you. that you would be glorified in it. And we pray all these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, um, common sense. Uh, David, would you be so kind as to read the, um, the first couple of paragraphs and we'll, um, we'll go over it? Sure, okay. Common sense, which is not so common anymore, is simply stopping and using our, our head. Understanding its value and applying it will keep our lives from being complicated and confused. Common sense is sound logic, sensible reasoning, and simple equations. Mm-hmm. The end result is practical wisdom. Sometimes we get so educated that we can't even think in a practical way. Common sense is the ability to reason out problems and find practical and sensible ways to overcome them. Education is important, but without common sense, it loses much of its value. If we blend our dreams and goals with common sense, they are more likely to become truth rather than remaining just a dream. Mm. Amen. Yeah, the uh, the um, the two things that really jump out at me a lot. Well, there's three things, but the two things that jump out to me initially from those paragraphs are um, being so educated that we can't think practically. And education is important, but it loses its value without common sense. I think sometimes we're not sure what to do in a situation, and we start looking for information about. The situation, and um, perhaps it would be much wiser to uh, first go in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit for discernment, because I think sometimes 
sometimes the Holy Spirit will prompt us um, through our gut. You know, they call it the sort of the gut reaction. Mm. And um, maybe maybe we um, that's what's referring to this as we're so uh, educated we can't even think practically. I think the the gut reaction is um, is a big thing we need to pay attention to. But at the same time, I love your feedback, David. Uh, sometimes your initial gut reaction can be wrong, so I think we need to pray through it and get confirmation. Um, but sometimes a gut reaction might come out of uh, fear. But I think in general, if we're, if we're asking the Holy Spirit to guide us and we're not, you know, um, we still need the information and the decision we need to make and uh, we, we feel that there's a certain course of action that's the best, um, I think that the Holy Spirit will confirm that. You know, and oftentimes our gut reaction will will line up with the um, the best route to go. What do you think? I think that's very... Very wise, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, sometimes our our mindsets, and I, I should say, our limiting mindsets, um, all this and this, the common sense, you know, kind of those belief structures we have often um, can help common sense. Often, I find them a hindrance to common sense. You know, education, right, and, right. Um, you know, the things we believe can hinder the common sense, the practical side of of wisdom. That's that's by that second, the last sentence of the first paragraph about to me the most, you know, that the end result is practical wisdom. I think common sense right. is a very practical um, side to it, more only, should I say more of an experience side to it, of it, you know. Common sense mm-hmm. definitely comes through experience. So. Yeah, I think that's where the Holy Spirit is so key because sometimes um, our experience doesn't quite give us all the data that we need, that's why I think the wisdom and the multitude of counselors comes in um, because we can utilize a brother or a sister's um, knowledge in an area to assist us in making the right decision. Um, but yeah, the I think that the um, sometimes, you know, we reason sensible, sensible reasoning or simple equation. Sometimes we overcomplicate stuff. Um, the other side of it, too, is like oftentimes as an entrepreneur, you study a lot of uh, success uh, books and courses. One of the things that they talked about in um, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, that one common trait that most very successful people have is that um, they make decisions uh, quickly. And I think sometimes we might look at that and initially think, oh, they just get an opportunity and they seize it right away. And um, I think you can make a decision quickly and still, like, take a couple of days to investigate something, get information, uh, pray over it, and then decide. Um, you don't need to wait two weeks to pray over something. Uh, I think that there's a way to balance those two things, you know, asking advisors for counsel and praying, you know, getting the counsel of the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, getting the, the data that you need to make an informed decision. Because uh, I think for me personally, it's easier for me to decide something too quickly. And Proverbs says also, you know, don't be hasty and miss the way. Um, you know, uh, uh, whether it's a wise person sees danger and, and takes uh, takes precaution or takes refuge. So, um, yeah, maybe you're a person listening that's more, um, you wait too long and you miss out on opportunities because you overanalyze, or maybe you jump into stuff too quickly um, and you make a mistake because you don't get enough information. So I think there's a healthy balance in the middle of those two things. How about you, David? Do you think you're more of a jump in this too quick person or more maybe you overanalyze it too much? I would be on the overanalyze side of it. 
that may be a little, little slow to act. So, yeah, that's for me. Anyway, going to, you know, it's fun if we can have that, that common sense. Sense for what right. action. Taking action is probably one of my, my weaknesses. That's um, from this lesson, one thing they really took out of it, away from it, is the common sense does act. It responds quickly and, and, and moves forward. So, yep. Mm. That would be in that, that, that type of spectrum. Well, here, let's go through the next couple uh, next couple of paragraphs here. Um, we are taught how to do things in a certain way, and this way becomes common to us until someone finds a simpler or better way of doing it. Common sense would then tell us to change our ways. Habits or tradition can stifle our personal growth and keep us bound by those traditions. Religious beliefs can stand in the way of progress as well because we refuse to follow truth or common sense. A nation's culture may tolerate bribes, lying, and cheating. Common sense, however, would tell us not to do it because it is morally wrong and will hurt us as individuals as well as our society. We learn more by imitating than by formal teaching. Some principles may be practiced subconsciously before they are formally taught. Whatever people do, whether it is right or wrong, soon becomes accepted practice by many. Sometimes we must go through bad experiences in order to learn the truth about common sense. Hmm. Wow, that sort of describes our society in a lot of ways right now. <laughs> what jumps out at you from uh, from those paragraphs, David? Um, probably one of that last sentence there. Sometimes we go through bad experiences in order to learn the truth about common sense. And, you know... I think I've learned more through what I would consider failure often than what I have have through you know, my successes. And you know, going through those because I've had experience, um, but there's a lot of wisdom, and I think because through the help of the Holy Spirit, um, we can we can get that that wisdom and those that common sense that those nuggets of truth out of those difficult situations and. Not so much to, you know, in the past I've probably kind of looked at that negatively and kind of drawn away from that, but I'm beginning to realize that those bad experiences do create a depth of of wisdom in us that is not we don't get any other way quite quite often. So. Yeah, sort of the beginning of that same paragraph talking about um, we learn more by imitating than by formal teaching. Um, and you know, some things you need to practice subconsciously before they're formally taught. Um, I think that that's uh, something we should do more of uh, modeling. You know, when I was doing uh, in some different MLMs in my 20s, I noticed that the people who had really, really big businesses were really good at just saying, not overcomplicating it, and just saying, look, you know, here's what you do. You need to. Uh, First, make a list of people and whether it's a certain target market or one market people you know, whatever it might be. Um, just pick a target market and start communicating with them and then they get, give you a script to use and you just learn to communicate. And um, you know, that was one of those things where it was learning by immersion. And um, a lot of times they would just do, I remember very, very vividly one trainer just did one call with a script and I listened to them and they said, okay, now you go do the next call with the script and I'm going to listen to you and coach you and give you feedback. And by um, the time I did three calls, you know, I was getting used to the script and it felt quite natural. So um, I think sometimes 
uh, it's good for us to remind each other we don't need to memorize a, a script or memorize a system um, and then overstudy it formally before we go and apply it. I think that oftentimes if you study something for a day and then go apply it right away and reinforce it, um, that's the best way to learn. It's just by getting out there and doing, you know, uh, learn, do, learn, do, learn, do. Don't, don't, you don't need to learn for a week or a month before you go do. And by the way, that's how my uh, x-ray program was structured. Um, and I was in, um, when I got my associates, um, it seems like in nursing they don't do it as fast, get nurses out into the hospital. Um, but in nursing school it was only a two-year program. And literally the whole first year, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you were in class. And Tuesday, Thursday, you're at the hospital. So you learn something Monday, go practice it Tuesday. Learn something Wednesday, go practice it Thursday. So it was a very fast reinforcement of something uh, that you formally learned with the practical uh, doing, learning. And, and I think that um, we need to do that a lot uh, in our work. You know, is learn something, do it, learn something, do it. So don't wait too long. Yeah, and I, for me personally, I learn a lot better by, by doing. Yeah, I think that's great. Truth there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I know like a lot of men, like, they'll just pick, they'll buy something and figure out how to put it together without reading the instructions, right? Um, learn, learn by doing there. Um, yeah, that third paragraph, the one um, talking about uh, habits or traditions can stifle our growth or keep us bound by traditions, including religious belief setting in the way of progress by refusing to follow truth or common sense. Um, yeah, that's quite uh, that's quite convicting because a lot of people will say um, about my habits, hey, you know, yeah, I, I, I realize I have some limiting belief or something is stopping me from getting to the next level. But a lot, a lot of times in our flesh, in our flesh, we can look outside ourselves and say, oh, well, this uh, external thing needs to change and then I can progress. And I think we need to look at ourselves first and say, hey, Ask the Lord, is there some habit of mine, mindset, uh, belief system I have that's keeping me from uh, progressing? And, um, you know, even in terms of uh, religious beliefs. That's a, that's, a, that's a very strong statement. I think it's accurate. Um, uh, I'll share one very, very recent thing. Two weeks ago, we visited another church. Um, and uh, my wife wants to visit some different churches and see what they're like. I mean, since she got saved, she's pretty much gone to one church her whole uh, 18 years that she's been a Christian. And so we visited some different churches, uh, actually just one church. And my one son was complaining. I'm like, oh, I don't like their music and stuff. And my other son was like, oh, I like it. And I talked to someone. They're like, hey, um, it's healthy to introduce your kids and uh, expose them to different churches. Like they can realize there are different styles of worship and different preaching styles and um even little, you know, doctrinal nuances between different uh, denominations of churches. And it's good for uh, your kids to realize that church is not just their experience, that church and the body of Christ is much bigger than what they've experienced thus far. So um, I thought that was great feedback I got. Um, you know, we should not be so, so married to our uh, habits um, or a particular belief of our particular denomination especially if it's not a key key thing that um, determines salvation or not. If it's some, some other minor thing, or they call it majoring in, in minors, uh, let's not major in the minors. Let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us, even if it flies in the face of anything we've ever experienced um, thus far in our walk with the Lord. 
or it's very radical, seems quite radically different. Um, as long as we're studying the word and we know the word and we're not being led astray by a false doctrine, um, in terms of our experience with the Lord and in relationship with Him, uh, I think that that um, that's very key, and, and we need to be we need to be open in order to have the Lord reveal stuff to us. Yeah, yeah and as we would think, but also we do have a lot of religious beliefs we hold on to that we've been taught almost like the word are the word of God. But when you really you know the word of God, they're, they're more of a, a man's tradition than they are based on the word of God. So yeah, that that particular phrase that hit, hit me hit me as well. You know, a lot of times our religious right, beliefs right. hold on to them probably sometimes tighter than what we should. So mm-hmm. apply them to common sense as well. Yeah, like even language. You know, I heard something quite interesting. Uh, I have a friend who um, is uh, born again, and uh, he grew up Catholic. And um, he was uh, he really uh, very vocally witnesses to Catholics. And he does it on Facebook. And he has all these very interesting um, doctrinal debates on Facebook with a lot of his Catholic friends. And one guy said something really interesting. He said, you know, before a few hundred years ago, or before like the King James Bible and the printing press and um, really the widespread uh, increase in literacy amongst people in the world uh, that were reading Bibles, uh, he said, the idea of um, accepting Christ as your personal Savior, sort of like what we think of as the the way to become a Christian today, he's like, people didn't do that before. They just would say, I follow Christ. And... um, and if they knew how to read, they would study the Bible. And so um, I thought it was interesting. You know, it wasn't about, hey, um, born-agains are wrong and Catholics are right or vice versa. He's just like that phraseology and, and the way that people think of it now is a relatively uh, new thing. And I think that we'd be quite foolish to say, hey, you know, um, Peter didn't pray this prayer the way that we pray it, so he wasn't a Christian. I mean, that would be ludicrous, right? So... Um, I thought that was a great, great uh, thing to help us get perspective. And I think that's really important what it says in that paragraph right there, Dave. It says, um, religious beliefs can stand in the way of progress as well because we refuse to follow truth. Like you were just saying, if our religious belief we have is based upon a teaching of man and not what the Bible says, then um, we need to choose what the Bible says over what the religious teaching is that, you know, some teacher of ours may have taught us. And um, and it's, it's a very huge point you made. You, you brought up an excellent point. Um, it's hard for us to make that change because we've, we've grown up with those teachings or those beliefs. And, right. Well, it's a very next sentence, right? A nation's culture. I mean, if you grew up your whole life going to a Southern Baptist church in wherever it was, you know, say uh, me, I was my personal Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Atlanta, Georgia, in North Texas. If you went to, like, Southern Baptist churches, you know, most of your youth, you're going to think that's the, what church is, because that's your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, 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 in that case, if a Baptist church is teaching something that doesn't agree with the Bible, it's like, hey, it doesn't mean all Baptists are wrong. It says, hey, that particular teaching, we need to follow what the Word says over what you know, the Baptist preacher taught us. And we could pick any denomination. I'm not picking on Baptist. We could pick any denomination and say, hey, you know, maybe they're a little off on something here. I mean, we're all human. We all, we all make mistakes. Um, we all have our weaknesses and our strengths. But, yeah, I think that um, 
we need to identify with Christ and not with more than we identify with the culture of the denomination or the church that we feel most comfortable in or that we um, grew up in. Because that's where growth happens, right? Being willing to ask, hey, is there a deeper experience with, with Christ that I've had thus far? Is there something in the culture of the church I go to that might actually be inhibiting me growing closer with the Lord? And and um, that might be a little scary, but I think it's good to ask that question because the Lord calls us to walk closer with him and um, the Lord calls us to uh, study and show ourselves to prove. So, um, yeah, I, I've experienced that myself. I don't know about you, but in the last couple of years, there's been some definitely things I've seen um, in churches that I don't necessarily agree with. I'll give you one real simple one. doesn't matter what the denomination is. Membership. I don't think I'll ever really become a member of a church again because I identify with I'm a Christian. I'm a member of the body of Christ. As soon as you join a Baptist, a non-denominational, a Catholic, a Pentecostal, whatever it is, a Lutheran church, now you're identified as I'm this. And so say you, you join, you're a member of a Lutheran church, some person from a Pentecostal church may go, oh, we're different because you're a Pentecostal. You're a Lutheran, not a Pentecostal. But if you're not a member of a church and you're just like, hey, I'm part of the body of Christ, I happen to fellowship most of the time with this church body. Well, now, to me, there's more freedom in that. And um, I, I want to be very, very clear. I'm not saying don't plug into a local church body and commit and, and develop relationships with those people. I am saying identify more with your part of the body of Christ. You're, not a, you're, you're a Christian before you're a Lutheran. You're a Christian before you're a Baptist. You're a Christian before you're any denomination. So that, that's the point there. And that's just one thing that's very common today, people joining a church, and I just decided I don't think I'm going to do that anymore again in the future just because that's not how I want to identify. I want to identify with Christ, not with a particular um, Man, because you know, it says some, some say I follow Paul, some say I follow Apollos. Those are basically just early, like, denomina- beginnings of denominational fracturing, and, and I don't want to identify that way anymore. So, um, I went on a big, a, big, a big thing about religious beliefs here, but I hope that it ministered to you, David, or someone else listening. <laughs> what do you think, Dave, about what it's talking about there, about the nation's, um, the nation's culture? And, um, you know, if we're taught to do things a certain way, we just think that's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think well, a lot of times there are a lot of people in our, in our culture that don't fully line up with the Word of God and they do, do become hindrances to us. Mm-hmm. The Word of God and the, and the Spirit, you know, can help us weed through our traditions and culture um, to find the wisdom of life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Being willing to go against, being willing to go against the culture of your own nation—that's an even bigger jump than just going against your church's culture, right? Yeah. And I, you know, I, I talked to the gentleman earlier this morning, you know, about our, our nation and how that our culture is shifted from what it was years ago. And uh, you know, I think it's important that as believers, if we see things in our culture that are are ungodly. We do stand. Mm. It may be, it won't be easy, but as we walk in common sense, walk in truth, and stand and stand firm in that, um, then we can see a positive change. So, yeah. Yeah, in a lot of ways, um, 
yeah, our culture is becoming more tolerant um, and even promoting uh, uh, certain sins. And it seems like the standards are going down. That's why I really like the um, Johnny Enlow post from a month ago, because if all we focus, the news is always going to tell you bad stuff. So if all we focus on is that, we'll think, oh man, every generation is going to think, man, our niece is going down the drain big time. Um, I'm sure every generation has thought that looking at the generation after them. I think it's great to see, you know, the real data points. Like, wow, okay, our country is celebrating certain kinds of sin, but at the same time, like, the worst rates are going down and there's other positive signs um, to focus on. So, um, yeah, I want to focus on those positive signs while still actively um, engaging with the culture and and looking to influence the culture um, positively. Because, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of times, like, especially in college campuses, my uh, older son, you know, will be going to college in a few years. Like, I hear about some of these colleges, it's like, man, if you're a Christian, you're, like, shouted down. It's like you're almost accused of hate speech just for just for saying what the Bible says. Um, and that just almost many Christian groups have really actively been persecuted. Um, if you saw the, the God's Not Dead movie, they mentioned all those court cases and the credits right after the movie ended. And... Um, where Christian students were really uh, inhibited from from uh, preaching the gospel, you know, freedom of expression. So, uh, you know, looking at that, like, hey, it takes real um, a real backbone. You have to develop your backbone to stand up and, and preach the truth and love um, in a lot of places in our nation today. And I think that we, um, we really need to um, be willing to suffer for Christ, you know, and... and um, and stand up for the truth, and uh, and also you know speak it in love because a lot of I think when said you know the church has been the silent majority for for way too long, and we need to be um, standing up and influencing the culture you know not just sitting quietly on the sidelines. Yeah. And I love this idea of that 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 concept of you know speak the truth in love. I think quite often as believers I find myself speaking the truth, something boldly and strongly, and that much engaging in the, in the love factor. You know, when we have to show that genuine love and care for people, um, they're much more open to receive the truth that is within us. Yeah, that's a, that's an engagement. Yeah, certainly. That attitude of love and compassion and care for the culture and for people, and when they see that genuineness, it opens the door for the truth to be received. So that's a, a powerful key. Glad you, glad you mentioned that. Oh, yeah, you're 100% right, Dave. Um, while you were talking, I just thought of uh, Solomon sharing a story. He, and I think actually Lance went and spoke there as well, about three years ago, a student in Harvard put on an event. I think Lance even mentioned it at that event um, last month at Ipsilin. Uh, uh, I heard about the event from Solomon writing an article about it. Um, and actually, I think I went to a, a live event of his. And I think that event might have been the end of 2010 or spring of 2011. And uh, late spring of 2011, I went to a uh, event in Georgia that Oz Holman hosted. And he was saying, look, you know, we are being protested uh, by, um, by, like, the, the gays and the Muslims and some other group, you know. Um, maybe it was even, like, some school uh, Wiccan or witchcraft group. And he's like, hey, you got to be doing something right if you unite those three, you know. <laughs> if the Muslims and the gay are opposing you together, you, you must be really doing something right. Um, so they met with these, these leaders, and I so shared the story that um, once they sat down and one-on-one just talked and said, you know, told them what they were there for, 
the gay students realize, well, they're not here, like, opposing us or um, trying to harm us. You know, they're just sharing that um, the history of Harvard and that, you know, um, things about things of God. And, uh, you know, they, they, they shared with them in such a spirit of love that um, the head of the gay student organization at Harvard said some of the effect of, oh, you know, you guys are really nice guys and thanks for the time to talk with us. And, you know, the gay group, like, stopped opposing them. They didn't oppose the their meeting, the, the conference, I think, about other two days. They met, they met, I think, the end of the first day. So um, that you're right. That's the whole key. If they would have been all defensive, if they wouldn't have been calm, if they wouldn't have had a spirit of love, that wouldn't have happened. Um, so, yeah, the love is, love is the key that helps the truth be received. I think you said it um, perfectly, how you said it, Dave. That was awesome. Let's go ahead and read these last two paragraphs before the benefits. Uh, David, would you read those for us, please? Sure. The opposite of common sense would be stupidity. Anytime, <laughs> how many times have you heard someone say, I was so stupid. If we follow that which we know is right, it is usually common sense. Our plans can be so rigid that we forget to listen to our hearts, which is normally suggesting the use of common sense. Our minds can get so pumped up that we get on a high and get out of touch with ourselves and reality and do stupid things. No family business or nation can survive without common sense as a part of their planned strategies. Common sense will suggest change or adjustment as you proceed. Mm. Yeah, what jumps out at you from those things, Dave? Uh, I guess one thing that jumped out of me, a little experience I had today, you know, kind of being out of touch with, with with things, um, an incident at work today that we have a, a, a alarm on our on one of our, our, our front door, and um, if the door is left open, it doesn't doesn't silent. Well, a guest was there, and one of the, the the staff was talking to the person, and they were in the doorway, so the alarm the alarm was going off consistently. So when I kind of came around the corner, I kind of asked the person to you know come either come in or go out. And afterwards, the person, you know, that was the staff person says, David, that was a potential customer. She should have been more respectful, you know, more thoughtful. And it just hit me, how, you know, kind of how true it was. You know, I was kind of very abrupt. And what didn't, because of not being in touch with the situation, um, just coming around the corner and seeing the situation, I didn't have exercise common sense very well. So it was a good learning experience for me. You know, too often when we, we are out of touch with the situation, or we just kind of, see things from a, a, a distance um, and don't fully engage in the situation um, in relationships and then we can use common sense. So it's a, that, when I read that paragraph, that just kind of jumped out of me from the experience today. Um, uh-huh. So, but... Yeah, that very last sentence, um, you know, common sense will suggest change or adjustment as you proceed. Um, yeah, I, I've... Um, been reading quite a bit in the last couple of years about different tech companies and how they came to be the way they are. And there's sort of been a recent trend of quite a few books um, about or written by Silicon Valley people. Like there's a brand new book, I think it's only three weeks old, about Elon Musk. And um, I think like three, four months ago, Peter Thiel came out with a book called uh, Zero to One, 
and uh, he's one of the initial founders of PayPal and um, a couple other uh, big startups. But it was interesting because, uh, and you know, in the Amazon, a lot of times they start off to do one thing and they end up doing another thing. Um, so the whole key is like pivot, pivot, pivot. Yeah, sure, you put together a business plan, you execute it, but as soon as you get to market and you start testing things, if you know if it's not working, you got to adjust your strategy, and um, you know not be rigid. Like it said, you know our plans can be so rigid we forget to listen to our heart. We need to listen to our heart, and we need to listen to um, our customers and and what their their feedback is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very true. Yeah. So that um. Yeah, I think uh, you, know, you need to be very, very uh, flexible. Like, it's not something about what the Word of God says. It's a business strategy. It's like, hey, we might think that, hey, we're we're going to go to market and we're going to sell X, and if people aren't buying X, we either need to improve our marketing and the messaging. If they're still not buying it, it's like, okay, well, maybe um, we might need to change our price point, or we might need to sell them something else. You know, maybe they're not as interested in this item that we thought they would want to buy as as I mean, initially thought, and and you know the the bottom line is going to tell us whether our system is working or not. So yeah, I think that we need to realize like change should be the normal. Like if you're a growing business, you're going to be constantly changing and improving something. So um, yeah, I think we need rigidity when it comes to being excellent. Like we really expect excellence of ourselves and everyone that on our team to always pursue excellence. But in terms of anything else, we should be. Um, we should be flexible, you know, like build a system and always work on improving the system. Don't just leave it the way it is. Yeah, too, the, the sentence right before that, if we follow that which we know is right, it is usually common sense. I think we need to, we need to realize, like, when it says if we follow that which we know is right, paragraph before that is talking about um, Sometimes, you know, as we do something, we figure out, or the two paragraphs before that, we realize that someone found a simpler or a better way. So I think we need to always have, like, a little um, caveat to, you know, well, I know this is the right way to do it. It might be a good way. It doesn't mean it's the right way. There might be a better way. So I just think we need to um, remind ourselves uh, and, and often and ask other people to remind us to be asking, how can we do this better? We're always asking, how can we do this better? That takes a humble mindset, and and um, it really gets rid of the mindset. Well, I know I'm right. Because if you're right, then then everybody else is wrong. And if someone else is making a lot more money than you and you're doing it ethically, well, they're they're obviously finding a better right way to do things. <laughs> so yeah, I think the whole thing I'm right is a very very dangerous position for us to be uh, thinking from. It's a very dangerous mindset to operate from. But just be really careful about that tends to come out of attitude of pride, and God tends to resist that. So, yes, stay humble and flexible. Yes, certainly. So here, let's uh, let's go through the benefits of using common sense here. Uh, Number one, we are better prepared to adapt to change in the way we do things. Number two, we stay alert to the changes in the world. Number three, we will detect gimmicks and over-representation of products. And four, we become known for a practical mind and good logic. Yeah, the detecting gimmicks thing, I think that's where the gut really comes in. If someone's sort of using gimmicks and presenting something to you, then um, sometimes my, my gut will, you know, will sort of perk up or I'll feel something. I'll be like, hey, why are they 
seem to do so many gimmicks. It's like it makes me wonder what's going on. How about you, Dave? What what situations have you noticed where maybe you get sort of like a um a gut reaction? You know, like like it's a it's a it's a good protective mechanism for you. Dave, are you still with me? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, I was asking you. Um, do you mind sharing? I know, I know, I'm really putting you on your spot on the spot here. Uh, have you had instances where, like, maybe you had sort of a gut reaction um, that really served you well um, in terms of, you know, like, uh, as a protective mechanism for detecting, you know, something's not quite right here? Um, I guess probably just reflect on some, some meetings at work where, you know, something is brought up and it's, yeah, it's not sitting right with me. You know, that's, you know, uh-huh. you bring up, you know, Trying to find a, a different angle to look at it, um, you know, that's probably mm-hmm. that's something that comes to mind, you know, in, in business meetings where, yeah, you know, the subject wasn't quite, you know, didn't didn't ring true in my spirit. Um, right, right. Well, oh, Dave, will you read these? Will you read these two um, steps to follow, and then I'll read uh, three and four, and we can go over those on the um, the okay. end part. Okay. Steps to follow. Number one. Always be sensitive to your gut feelings, common sense. Through life's experience, we calculate and observe things which have created common sense in us. It may not always be right or may only be a warning that we are entering an unfamiliar area, but you will discover things as you you go. Think twice before you act. This gives you common sense. An opportunity to, to opportunity to speak to you, keep balance and protect you. Two, do what you know is the right thing to do. That is usually common sense. The opposite of which is stupidity or foolishness. There is a proverb that states, "The person without common sense may wind up dead." Mm. Yeah, number three. Uh, step to follow. We're on page two of the PDF now, everyone. Uh, number three, learn to think in a practical way. Education doesn't always provide practical sense. Don't lose touch with reality, or don't lose your touch with reality. By using common sense, you will gain credibility from others. Number four, go beyond what is common and ordinary. Avoid remaining in a situation that may have the tendency to cause you to be mediocre or corrupt. Learn to be simple and transparent with your thoughts and actions. Break barriers that are keeping you paralyzed by using common sense. Be open to changes and adjustments. Hmm. Well, that number one, I thought was great. Um, you know, describing the different situations in which your gut can help you. Um, your, your gut feeling might not always be right, or it may only be a warning or entering an unfamiliar area. Um, I think that's great. It's sort of like it's a warning sign, and it might only be warning us that, hey, we're just in an unfamiliar area. And by the way, I think in terms of whenever we're, the Lord is promoting us, um, say, you know, you're used to making $100,000 a year, and then all of a sudden you start making 
$500,000 a year because something in your business is really working and your business is growing rapidly. I wouldn't be surprised if the first three or four months you're making $40,000 a month instead of $8,000 a month. Um, I might almost feel wrong, you know, and, you know, that, that just might be the, because it's unfamiliar. So I think that I think it's great that it um, really clarifies that, that if you're feeling some weird gut reaction, it might just be, hey, your body, your, your spirit telling you, hey, this is unfamiliar. I haven't experienced this before. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think sometimes our initial thought is that when we have a gut reaction to something, they're like, oh, there must be something wrong, and it doesn't necessarily mean that. So I think it's great that they um, create that distinction there on number one. You know, I think it jumped on me, but there number four, too. It was on that same thought is go beyond what is common and ordinary, and quite often we tend to not adventure out into that, that unknown, unfamiliar area. Faith faith will give us common sense that, you know, we can venture out into the uncommon, maybe maybe strange to us, because there is treasures to be learned in those realms as well. So that kind of just challenged me to act, even though it may be on familiar territory, act, and then the common sense be your guide to correct and adjust um, to learn more the danger points are and learn where the success points are. So, right. Kind of lead yeah, that, to, to number days. four, Dave, you know, avoid remaining in a situation like you had a tendency to cause you to be mediocre, uh, break barriers, keeping you mm-hmm. paralyzed. It really makes me think of that song, uh, Oceans, by, uh, uh, what is their name, the Australian church. Hillsong. Um, Hillsong. Yeah, exactly, Hillsong. Yeah, it's like, it was, mm-hmm. it was very unfamiliar to step out of a boat onto the ocean. That would not be logical. But it's like, it's like, hey, if you know that Christ is empowering you, you had the ability to do things that uh, other people do not have. I mean, you know, Christ's mm-hmm. power has authority over the physical earth. So, um, yeah, a lot of those those phrases about number four are making me think of the lyrics of that ocean song. Because, um, yeah, if we're focusing on our abilities, or I haven't done this before, or, you know, you're like, hey, I haven't done this before, so are we going to not stretch ourselves, or are we going to walk in greater faith? And that's where the common sense comes in, too. I think that the, uh, the Father is always calling us to trust Him more. You know, He's like, hey, trust me, son, trust me fully, like, hey, here's a chance to grow and trust me more in this area, or trust me more, daughter, like, I'm going to protect you. Um, I think you need to always be seeking to walk in greater faith. And at the same time, not being foolish. You know, that's where the balance um, the balance is. It's fascinating that Jesus walked on the water, but then when Satan tempted him, you know, he said, you should not, uh, you know, you can throw yourself down and the angels will protect you. He says, hey, don't tempt the Lord your God. So um, it's really fascinating that those are both incidents with Jesus. And in one instance, he used his power, and in another instance, he didn't. You know, he didn't uh, abuse knowing that his father would protect him. So um, I think that we need to have that same wisdom to know when to stretch mm-hmm. ourselves, like you said, when to walk out into that unfamiliar territory, and um, and when to know that it's the Lord leading us and we're not just going off and doing something on our own. Very true. Yeah. 
Yeah, that number three is a little bit of a head scratcher for me. You want to do things in a practical way. I think sometimes, like, like, like we were just talking about, if you're going to do something you haven't done before, how are you going to know what's the most practical way? I think what they said in the first page about, you know, we learn more by imitating than by formal teaching. And it's like just imitate a successful person. Uh, hopefully you get mentorship from a very successful person as well and imitate them, and you're going to learn as you go. You know, as long as you're um, not taking too big of risks or you're not doing something when your gut's telling you, hey, wait, or the way Spirit's telling you, wait, then I think that's the way to really stretch yourself. I'm not sure how to think practically when you're uh, doing something you've never done before. I guess I'm not really 100% sure on how to apply that, that, that one part. Trust me, God, when we do step out, and he'll teach us along the way. I think it's like literally calling the Holy Spirit. So. Right, right. And we've got for those mentors come alongside of us to, to help us in the practical ways in those, in those arenas. Yeah, we have the ultimate uh, GPS guide, the Holy Spirit inside of us, guiding us, um, he'll always guide us to the truth and to the right place. So we got to trust, trust the guidance there. Um, well, here, let me go ahead and um, read these last couple of paragraphs, and then we'll go into the reflect and respond. Um, here's a summary. Life was not intended to be complicated. If we separate ourselves from common sense, simplicity can disappear, and then we get lost in confusion. There are moments in life in which we lose balance because of the different arenas of our lives and our minds are under a lot of pressure. In these moments, stop and ask yourself, what is the right thing to do? Common sense will make some recommendations. A mind once expanded by truth and common sense will never revert back to its original dimension. We were born with our eyes closed and our mouths open, and it takes a lifetime to reverse it. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great last sentence there. Uh, open your eyes and close your mouth or listen a lot more than you talk. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. That, 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 that makes the last sentence there. A mind once extended by truth and common sense will never revert back to its original dimensions. Just a, that's kind of a, a wild concept. You know, in life, we are always growing, we're always learning, and becoming hopefully better by our experiences. Um, I think it's just a powerful little sentence, you know, step out in the walk of faith and let God expand us in the truth. That's part of that. Yeah, I think too, I think too sometimes the Lord will um, reveal a truth to us and then sadly because of our flesh, we can choose to believe um, a lie of the enemy. So, Mm. yeah, I think when the Lord expands our vision, especially our spiritual vision for what his plan for us is, um, and, and we have a deeper revelation of his truth for us, um, we really need to em- actively embrace that. Um, because some people will see something, uh, it's almost like they don't believe it for themselves. I mean, one thing that's awesome about Joseph is the Lord gave him these dreams and he accepted them. You know, and, and then like if you look at Moses, Mo- the God told Moses, you're my mouthpiece, you're the one I'm going to use to go deliver my people from Pharaoh. And he's like, hey, send somebody else. But in learning from uh, Joseph, 
you know, he really embraced the Lord's vision for him. And um, I think we should definitely, in that way, model um, Joseph uh, more than Moses, you know. And most people think that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. So I'm not slamming Moses everything in that incident. Um, let's really accept everything that the Lord wants for us. And, and sometimes if we focus on our, our sin and, um, and our weaknesses, then we might think, oh, I'm not the one, I'm not good enough. Let's not focus on ourselves. In Christ, we're good enough to do anything the Lord chooses to do through us. So let's really renew our mind and focus on Christ. I think that's a real key to um, walking in the truth of whatever the Lord reveals to us there. Very powerful. Yes. In the moments of pressure... Let's ask, before we ask ourselves what's the right thing to do, let's, let's ask the Lord what's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to nitpick about the the uh, the wording here. I just think sometimes, uh, yeah, we need to ask the Lord what's the right thing to do and ask him for the guidance. I think it's sort of implied, because I think they almost wrote this for people who don't even go to church at all. Um, or don't like speak Christianese. Like this is actually, I think that these the, these two page PDFs that I start with the Bible verse. I think they're great for studying, even with someone who doesn't go to church at all. I mean, I think that might be part right. of why they wording did the wording the yep. way that they did. Yep, I agree with you on that. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, if I was if I was sitting down with a billionaire right now, going over this, I wouldn't be saying you got to ask the Lord about yourself. Um, but in this setting where we are, I'll say. Yeah, let's ask the Lord. Like, um, yeah, ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Um, confirmed by confirmed by the Word. Well, uh, David, would you read these uh, reflect and respond to things in closing your course, brother? Number one, what is the difference between common sense and knowledge? Two, share a situation in which you have been, which you have used common sense. What were the results? Three, how can you develop more common sense? I guess for me, number three, you know, how can you develop more common sense is by acting on what we know. And as we're faithful with what we have, then that opens the door for even more more wisdom. Um, but, you know, I kind of equate common sense to wisdom, I guess. You know, and as, as we're faithful in what we do have, then God is playing the faithful to trust even more. That's a great way to develop common sense and walking in the common sense, living in the common sense and the truth that we have. Yeah, there's been one thing the last few months, the Holy Spirit show been convicting me while I've been having my quiet time about um, an area of my business to really uh, phase out and not be marketing as a frontline uh, service to clients. And my fleshly response is to go, hey, that's been a large part of my revenue for, you know, the last several years. But then it's like, hey, if I, um, common sense is, I've been getting this feeling for multiple months. You know, I can't wish it away or go by, oh, that was just some fear or some other emotion. I mean, very, very consistently, we are reading lots of different scriptures on all different parts of the word. The Holy Spirit kept talking to me about this exact same thing in my business. So, um, I'm responding to obedience and phasing that part of my business out. And um, 
uh, incident I had with one of uh, my business partners really reminded me of the importance of us listening to that because um, this person uh, lost money on a business deal like uh, two years ago, and they're so consumed by it that they're not even looking at any current opportunities in front of them. I mean, they're literally spending like an hour a day just focusing on this this uh, poor decision they made a couple of years ago, something they lost money on. And I've encouraged them, like, look, there's a lesson to be learned from that, like adjust your strategy, um, do more research on the person that you're going to work with or uh, invest with or partner with, and, um, you know, ask for more counsel from multiple people and, you know, just, like, learn those lessons. And um, sadly, you know, I've had to learn those lessons myself um, to the two, several hundred thousand dollars. So for some people, it's several hundred million. I mean, it depends upon whatever level of you operate. But what, um, what the alert prompted me about was when I was t- talking to this business partner of mine and how they're still, two years later, so consumed with that. It's like we need to be willing to forgive the past and let go, sort of like the verse says, let, letting go of what is behind and pressing on to to the Lord, you know, that verse about let us run with patience to raise up before us. But man, he is just dragging the weight of bitterness around. And just imagine if your hand is holding something, sort of like the monkey holding the banana in the cage, that's how they, they catch some monkeys in Africa. Um, like be willing to let go of this thing that you're carrying around, because if you're clenching onto something, your hand is not open to receive something new from the Lord. And so um, I was reminded talking to my business partner, that, hey, wow, um, you know, I need to do the same thing. I need to let go of this area of my business and just trust the Lord is going to replace that with something else. If I just hold on to that and try to clench on to that and think of that as my provision and not the Lord, well, then my hand is not physically open to receive um, the new thing that the Lord's going to send my way. So um, I guess it's a practical thing for me of um, for number two. You know, like I've been applying common sense over the last couple of months. Common sense is, this is the Holy Spirit speaking. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had the same, same exact thought for multiple months. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just need to let go of that and mm-hmm. thank the Lord for providing through it and uh, ask him, okay, what's next? What are you going to provide through next to replace that or yeah. you know, take it in a new direction? So yeah. I hope that, that serves uh, you, Dave, or someone else listening to this call, that, that visual don't hang on to something. If the Lord says let go of it, let go of it and put your hand out and it's physically open to receive something else. I mean, for me, one of the greatest business opportunities I've ever experienced in my life came right after I resigned, you know, a position I had. You know, the guy was speaking to me. Um, so uh-huh. you know, there's, there's, there's a truth there. So. so your flesh would say, hey, I have a great position here. I don't want to let go of this. But yeah. you follow the Lord's conviction and he, he gave you something better as you were obedient. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great testimony, David. Thank you for sharing that. Well, uh, well, David, would you be so kind as to uh, to close us in prayer? Just before we close in prayer, for everybody uh, listening to the audio here, actually take the time in that reflect and respond section at the bottom of page two to go over those those three uh, questions there. Um, you know, evaluate evaluate yourself. How how well are you um, developing using your common sense? Uh, why, why do you give yourself this rating? What benefits will you obtain by raising your rating? And what specific action, singular, can you put into practice to test the benefits of this principle? Um, so, yeah, I really pray to think of one specific action to, be, to use more common sense and focus on doing that every day for um, the next week. 
Um, that's how you get the biggest benefit out of this whole investment in your time and your sound tables is really reflecting on your own life, how to apply it. And always focus on applying it um, in one place. Don't make a list of five or ten things to do. Just think of one thing to do and develop the habit of doing it. So with, um, with that being said, I want to make sure you get that benefit from the study here. Uh, David, would you be so kind as to uh, close us in prayer, brother? Father, we look to you and we are, are grateful that you give us wisdom and common sense as we go through life and as we are faithful to listen to your spirit within us. Lord, you cause um, that to be multiplied in our lives. And Lord, we just thank you for the gift of common sense, the gift of your spirit to direct us. And Lord, we know that as we're faithful to walk in, in that, um, you will cause favor to be upon us. And I just pray for each one um, on the call and that they listen to it, Lord, that your favor and your blessing will be upon them. It calls yes, uh, uh, wisdom and common sense just to abound in their lives. They would be a blessing to many people with the truth of your word is within them. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So thank you, David. Thank you for everyone uh, listening. And just so you know, we'll be uh, we'll be doing another call, uh, God willing. Uh, the plan is to do a call uh, every Thursday here. So we should do another one uh, next Thursday. So look for um, the link. And by the way, the link for the calls is always the same, the talk show link. Um, it's always 8 p.m. Eastern, um, but then every week we just do a different uh, two-page PDF. But um, all the PDFs are on lared.org forward slash principles. So uh, thank you for your time, everybody, and uh, God bless you. Have an awesome week. I hope to um, talk to you soon. Uh, bye for now. Good thank bye. you, David. Thank you, David, for all the participants. All right, bye for now.